not only do you not need to be a morning person, you just need to want to start the day on your terms. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today, I'm excited to have Amy Landino on the podcast. So Amy Landino is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and the world's number one productive lifestyle coach. With her award-winning YouTube series, Amy TV, and as director at Got Lou House, Amy inspires women worldwide to chase their freedom and go after the life they want. Her work has been featured by prestigious publications such as Business Insider, Fortune, Entrepreneur, and Inc. In her new book, Good Morning, Good Life, Amy shares details of how to start every day on your terms. And no, you don't need to be a morning person to do it. By following her five simple habits, you can combat morning obstacles and create the daily rituals that work best for you. Get your copy at goodmorninggoodlife.com. Hello, Amy. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle. I'm so excited to have you here because I've been following you for a while. Eileen, I'm so pumped. Thank you so much for having me on. I just want to give myself a quick like knock me down because I sent you a message saying, hey, are you doing any podcast interviews? And you were like, yeah, come on the show. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think she thinks I just invited myself on her show. I, and I, I, did. I, I meant it the other <laughs> way around. So thank you for oh, doing yeah. my show, and but also for having me on. It really no, it's okay. Uh, but that's a good segue, guys. I'm on Amy's podcast as well, Detail Therapy. So you can check that out. We'll link the episode down below. But I'm happy that this happened because I, yeah, you mentioned we actually never spoke until today. So mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like it's about time. <laughs> it is, but it's one of those things where you you know you've got those YouTube relationships and you're like, yeah, 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 we know about each other. We yeah. sometimes comment and, oh girl, love what you're doing in the DM. And then you're like, oh my God, we've never actually spoken before. This is so weird. So <laughs> That's it, it internet like relationships for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So like I told you earlier, like I've been following you before you were Amy Landino. (laughs) Back then you were savvy, (laughs) sexy, social, like talking about vlogging and everything. I mean, let's talk about your journey. Like back then, why did you start that vlogging platform and that channel? What was it all about? Yeah, that's a great question. So initially, so I had another channel even before that. It was called mm. Schmatastic, which is a moniker I go by on um, social media, which is so confusing now because it's it's my maiden name and a lot of people don't know my maiden name. Oh, yeah. Thus, like what you just said, but personal branding drama. Uh, basically, there was a previous channel and I was just kind of exploring creating video. There was a video I made. The first video I made ever was because of a wedding that I was asked to be in. And I thought it was such a big deal. That's how I fell in love with editing. Mm. I started a channel and then that taught me a lot in like the early, early internet days about the internet in terms of making content and how you rally an audience and start talking to them with social media and promoting your own content through social media. That ended up teaching me a skill set I didn't even know was going to become in demand, which was social media marketing. Mm-hmm. So by the time, you know, I'm really fast forwarding, but Savvy Sexy Social was started because I needed a special channel just for those people who cared about leveraging these tools for a specific mission, whether it was their business or a campaign of some kind 
kind. And at the time we were just kind of talking about Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. But soon it was like, well, Amy, how are you doing this video thing? Like this seems like a really smart move too. And that really turned into the vlog like a boss era where we started talking more about how to do it. Yeah. And at what point did you like think that it was going to be a career, right? At first it was kind of like a hobby. When you started these channels, was it intentional? Like this is going to be my full-time thing? Absolutely not. (laughs) I I started that first channel just like we talked about this on my show with you too. Like I don't want people to know about this channel. This is where I hang out. This is where I hang out with my internet friends and that's it. It was really it was a creative outlet I never knew I had. You know, I wasn't like, you know, my best friend, Lewis. I always talk about him because he's the best example. We've been in school together since kindergarten. We would be in art class and we would have to make ceramic mugs. And I could barely get the handle to stick on, right? You got to keep the ceramic mug intact <laughs> so you can actually use it. He's got a full-blown dragon on his mug. And I always talk about that because <laughs> I wasn't born to be an architect like he was. He was really born to do something, especially creatively. I was still struggling in high school to hear like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? And so finally finding something that gave me joy other than following the whole, go do this, go to college, go try to make money at some kind of a job. I found something that actually brought me joy and it was just something I did in my spare time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I had a conversation with a friend um, and she had moved. I live in Ohio. She moved to the Midwest for her husband and she had come from San Diego. I always say, and you know this, Eileen, like, in California, you guys get the memo and everything first. New York's right behind you. But you guys knew about social media marketing before anyone else even thought it was worth the time of day, much mm. less worth the budget. Yeah. So she said, hey, you know, I have a question for you. You seem to know how to use Facebook. I helped her with some random privacy setting. And she said, you're really good at this. And I was like, everyone's good at this. It's Facebook. It's the hot thing right now. And she said, no, no, like people do this for a living. They help businesses. And I was like, mind blown. I I, I couldn't hear what she was saying. And then I come to realize I'm making videos and I'm actually learning how to market content. And this Mm. is now something that's going to become valuable. It was from that point, I nerded out. I couldn't stop researching it and, and just doing my homework. And I spent my money and my vacation time on a conference just to learn more. And, and that's how I was like, wow, I think I need to leave my job. I think this is what I need to do. Yeah. I mean, do you remember what type of resources you learned all of this information from? Like blogs. How- it was all blogs. <laughs> lots of blog yeah. posts, lots of ebooks. Um, at the time, they're really even. I remember when Creative Live started getting big because it was like a live streaming platform where they would teach you for free and then you could buy mm-hmm. it on replay later, but you could watch it for free. There were just, yeah. it was so interesting of a time in terms of learning how and reading books. I've always been a huge advocate of reading books, but even in in this world, it was so hard to get a good book on social marketing at the oh, time. Oh yeah. It was so new. Yeah. So yeah. just being able to leave my hometown, go to Vegas and be like, yes, I'm learning from the best of the best at this conference was such a big deal because in between mm-hmm. it was like reading Mashable and reading blog posts. That's like all I had yeah. at my disposal. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I I saw you grow that channel because I followed you for YouTube advice back then. And, and I've seen you since then, like you've pivoted and now you talk more about productivity and lifestyle. And I want to know what happened behind the scenes to inspire that switch. You know, it was, it was like 
I wrote the book Vlog Like a Boss. It came out at the beginning of 2017. And I was so happy with that. And I was like, okay, I don't know why you guys wanted a book about video in the first place, but here it is. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it felt like that chapter was closing, not to use like the, you know, the most crazy pun, but yeah, it really was because I was like, you know, I feel like there's more here. My community, they, the entire reason I do anything is because I listen to them. Like I said, mm-hmm. they asked me for the book, so I wrote the book. I was like, you guys, mm-hmm. I have free videos on on making videos. But if you want to read a book about making videos, I'll make it for you. And yeah. the next thing I realized was they were saying, a few of them anyway, we're watching your videos, but we have no intention of making a video ever because we just enjoy this learning process. We're enjoying this content. And I wanted to unpack that more. I was like, well, how can I help these people on another level? And I was kind mm-hmm. of getting to a point where I was like, well, I've been the video girl talking about video on video for a really long time now. I kind of want to like try something new and go a different direction. And how did I start the business? How did I side hustle for a year and a half? How did all of this come to fruition? What do I have to teach on that front? Because if we talk about why somebody's not going to spend time making video, it's not an unreasonable thing to wrap your mind around. What we do, Eileen, is so much work. And it's also just one avenue of a business. It's, you've got to do a lot of things to keep it alive. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of time. It's a lot of resources and it takes a long time to grow. So when I thought about the people who just enjoyed learning about it, but were never actually going to do it, and we're happy to say that out loud, it all came down to time. And I thought, okay, well, maybe there's a different problem I can solve here. Can we do more to learn about productivity, but on a specific level of time management. So calendar blocking and batching and being able to say, I I did the best I could because I actually tried to move something forward that I care about and not, I'm too busy. I have a full-time job and I'll never be able to get this in. Mm-hmm. I like that you're you're very business minded. You listen to your audience and you do what they are asking for. And the new pivot is like it applies to more people, and more people can enjoy your content and your personality. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I didn't. I I think I underestimated how much bigger <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, because it really because before it was like a niche topic, right? Like niche. only people who are creators making video will watch this, but now it's like anyone who's interested in being better, living a better life. Absolutely. But it's, it's funny how like down the rabbit hole that I get with my audience because I'm Mm -hmm. so dedicated to just giving them what they want. And sometimes to a fault, like sometimes that actually puts me in a precarious situation because I forget what I want. Can you give an example? Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it, I get the questions all the time. Like, how would you use Trello as a business or how would you use this video editor or how would you do with these different things? And as much as I want to answer those questions, it's really difficult when you've made like a hard pivot on a particular platform or with a particular presence because you're changing the expectation and you need to stick with that. I mean, it's really hard to bounce Mm -hmm. back and forth, especially if we're going to be honest, talking about these days, very much later in social media decades, these platforms really are looking at you and saying, 
just tell me what you're great at. So we know how to compartmentalize you. And as much as being creative, we don't want to be compartmentalized. That is truly where you end up finding the most opportunity for exposure. So Mm -hmm. you're balancing these worlds of, I need to make this good for my community because they have to lift it up for me. But also Mm -hmm. how do we make this a welcoming experience for new people who come in? So it's, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy. And it's something I continue to struggle with because I want to stay as creative as possible. Um, but I also uh, sometimes just listen to my audience too much and it's really, really niche. <laughs> it is hard to balance, right? Like what you want to make, what your audience wants. And also like understanding that it is easier to compartmentalize or label people into like, oh, you're you're the expert at this category. But when in reality, we're all so much more. So how do you move forward in terms of like the content you decide to make and just the, the direction you're trying to go? I love we and I hate I'm not trying to plug my podcast this much but I felt so <laughs> aligned with what you were saying in terms of like how you're approaching this these days because the more that I've been thinking about it when I think of how creative that I am, there's not a particular type of content that does that. There's not one specific avenue, right? So being able to be open to that is so big and here's how I think about it. It's and and I know that it resonates with the audience because you can just feel it. When you've been doing this for a long time, you're generally not surprised when a video underperforms um, because it's it's pretty predictable. And I know that in my heart, when I'm like, oh, I've got an idea. Like I know when I have the idea of the moment and my attention is razor focused on that thing and I'm going to make it the best possible project possible and I'm not thinking about it as a check the box the the episode got out this week that video always always resonates at least three times mm-hmm. more than the average thing so I've gone back and forth on this. It's very important for a presence to be reliable. It's very important for a presence to say, I'm going to show up for you. I'm going to have something that's that's great for you. But it's also important to make sure that you never lose yourself in this. And yeah. having those moments where you're like, oh, that it's incredible how much you actually are connected with your audience because you just know when it's going to be the thing for you. And it's that emotion you need from them anyway, because that's what causes the dumb things like the like button and the comments and the shares that we say out loud because they're a tangible thing. But like, you don't have to say those things out loud when you move someone, you just don't, they just use those things Mm -hmm. because that's how they feel activated. Yeah. Do you ever feel that sometimes the opposite happens? I don't know, because for me, sometimes if there's a video that I'm like, oh, like I genuinely creatively love it. I have so much fun, but I I know it's not going to be popular. And it's Mm. the listy type content that it's very predictable. There's a certain format that I I make it. I'm like, I know this is going to do well just because that's what the people want. But what I want to do is a little more like out there and just not I don't want it to fit in a format. So for me, I usually have this like like this war between like being more creative and experimenting versus like doing what I know will do well. Do you experience that or are you more you seem like you're more logical about things? <laughs> no, I mean, here's the thing. Like this is this is the hard part and the best part because there's room for all of that. 
Um, and, and I always talk about this and I know that you can relate to this because, um, I think we actually took the YouTube next step program at the same time. I was just taking it on the East coast. So one of the biggest things I learned from that was there's a time and place for each of these things because it's the hub hero help situation. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. hero piece sometimes is that masterful art that you created it just depends on the content, right? But sometimes that hero piece is just straight up. I have the dopest list for you about this particular topic and it's just going to go gangbusters. But then when it comes to that hub content, those moments where, for instance, you know, morning pages, I'm sure your community has heard about from you. I'm such an advocate for that practice. That is not a widely known thing that everybody knows Mm -hmm. about. So that's pretty niche in the world of journaling but I wanted to spend the time and the resources to truly explain it as well as I could and emulate it in visuals so that as a hub piece, it would do fairly well because my audience would yeah. go, oh, now I get it. Like now I can use right. this to explain it to other people, even if that's not going to be the most highly searched recommended thing of all time. So I, yeah. I do really look at that that 3H system as such a help because it gives me the the wherewithal to say, okay, if it's a business decision on how much resources we spend on it, then where is it going to fall? Like what's the return going to be? But you can't think like that all the time. Like it's just, it'll kill mm-hmm. you. It'll kill a channel if you think like that all the time. And sometimes you just have to go, I don't care. I'm going to make this video the best freaking video I've ever made, even if it only serves these 10 people that know what this thing is that I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like to not focus on the numbers too, because it's, it can change your, shift your perception when you're comparing numbers to like, oh, previous numbers. It's just like, it's all relative, you know, as long as like this many people enjoyed my video, it doesn't matter how many people watched the previous video. Yeah. And I I think it goes back to where I was saying, you know, I do what my audience wants. The numbers don't tell me that the, the, um, the shares, the tweets, the DMS, they don't, well, the DMS, yes. The comments comments, on the video, it's, it's amazing. Even the, it's actually kind of amazing. It's the ones that you think will do okay with your existing audience. And it does. And it just gets amazing feedback in the comments. That's where you really start to see the synergy and things bubble up. Mm -hmm. And even, I always tell people like, even if you don't have a community and you're curious of what uh, people want, go look at someone else's comment section. If it's aligned with what you're doing and maybe they do this video, they do a really good job and they get people super activated in the comments. What are the follow-up questions? Like what was, what was the loop that they didn't close in the video? That's an opportunity Mm. either that creator could totally do it, but you could go, Oh wow. Like I know what they're asking and I could answer that question and I can do it in this way. Because even if you're not going to become the next big thing, who cares? At least you then have those ideas. Because I think that's one of the biggest things people struggle with is I don't have ideas. I don't have an audience that'll tell me what to create. Lucky for you. How Mm. cool. Like, yeah, but... I see what you're saying. I've never thought of that. This is out there. People tell us every day what they want. That's what trending is. It doesn't have to be trending worldwide to indicate to you where there is a need. Interesting. So you really go into the comments and that's where you get ideas, follow up to whatever whatever questions they have. Yeah, because I think when people show you what they want... It's you can't just sit in the wind if you go, oh great, that thank goodness, that video really went gangbusters. Like 
that's a good feeling, but you can't rest on that. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you really you follow can't. up. Yeah. You've got to follow up and, and you're giving them a platform. I always say as a video creator, I am not the beginning and end of this conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm the beginning of this conversation. I started it, which is why I've always kind of had a hard time with the argument of, I don't look at my comments. I don't want the negativity. I don't want the, that is really important. You need to be self-aware with your mindset. But for me, I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't start a conversation with people because I did and I now need to be a part of it. I now need Mm -hmm. to go in and say like, okay, what did you think of this? Where did it take you? Are the comments really surface level so they weren't really paying attention or did they get to the last second and they made a comment about the blooper at the end? I want to know that that moment with them. I love that. And I can tell how your previous experience with like the vlogging and the marketing, all of that plays into how you do things. It's so interesting. This episode is sponsored by ConvertKit, the email marketing software for online creators who want to grow a fan base, promote their work, and build a meaningful relationship with their audience. I've been using ConvertKit for three years now, and it's been essential for growing the Lavender community. The email designer helps me share exclusive updates about our latest projects, like the new 2021 Artist of Life workbook, all in clean, simple emails that are quick and easy to create. ConvertKit's free plan also lets you build custom landing pages to showcase your projects in minutes and personalize your emails for an extra special touch. If you want to connect with your audience in an easy and meaningful way, go to convertkit.com slash lifestyle to sign up for a free account. That's spelled C-O-N-V-E-R-T-K-I-T.com slash lifestyle to help you get started on growing your audience today. So now I want to move on. I want to talk about your book, Good Morning, Good Life. So what is the book about and what inspired this? You know, it was one of those things like I said, I'm not going to sit and write a book unless I know it's it's a need. And um, one of the biggest conversations, once I made that r- pretty big pivot into lifestyle in 2018, was mornings. Um, I think there mm-hmm. was just this, the tough thing about what we do is that it's on us to make everything really aspirational. And we want that to be the case because we want people to be excited about the potential of self-development. But what's difficult about the morning routine is it's kind of got this stigma in social media in general for being a beautiful Instagram worthy situation. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I wake up in the dark. So that is just not a thing. (laughs) I'm not trying to turn lights on. So I, you know, that's, that's just one take on it, but I really didn't like how people assumed that based on what they saw in this landscape, that you must have to be a morning person to have a morning routine or to give a crap about your morning routine. Right. And um, Mm -hmm. that bothered me because I am not a morning person at all. But having that routine to set my intention for the day has completely changed my abilities as a human being. Like, let's just be honest. It's not just because I needed to pack in a little bit more when I was side hustling and I still had to go to a full-time job, but I wanted to focus on my thing for a little bit more time per day. It also happens when you do work for yourself and you're the boss and you're the only one that's checking in on how things are going. It can be very easy to fall off and have the TV on when you're poking around the internet, quote unquote, doing your job. That morning routine Mm -hmm. to make sure that I stayed on track stayed even more important to me throughout the ability to schedule my life however I wanted it to. So 
with that, unpacking that in videos, reading the comments, really seeing where people's struggles were here. I wanted people to realize that not only do you not need to be a morning person, you just need to want to start the day on your terms. Mm, I love that. Not waking up on someone else's, including looking at your mm-hmm. phone or saying, I'm not going to get up until the baby wakes me up and you know, then blaming the baby that, that they took over the day and that you have no choice because you're a great parent. I have no doubt you're a great parent, but is it still possible for you to have that heartbeat before yeah. just for you? Just, just letting people entertain that. But also in the past, we've seen a lot of, okay, here's what you should do for your morning routine and you'll be on your way. Okay. I get it. Like that's an awesome, amazing morning routine idea, but if it doesn't work for me or if it doesn't work for somebody I know, they're just going to quit. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to do it. I wanted to create sort of like a, 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 a system where somebody could fully customize what the right start to the day looked like for them. So they're more likely to make it a routine. Mm -hmm. We use the word routine like it's just this thing we can buy at the store. It's not. A routine is something that becomes routine. It becomes ritual because you continue to do it. And the only way to continue to do it is to make it right for you and stop trying to put a square in a round hole, right? It's, it's, it's so important. So that's the longest description ever for why I wrote the book and what it is. But we really just talk about three pillars to start the day on your terms and then you fill them however you see fit. Movement, mindfulness, and mastery. Movement for your body and uh, mindfulness for your mind. Mastery is for that moment that, hey, I wish I was doing that. I wish I was spending time Uh, on that. I wish I started that career. I wish I started learning that language. What's your mastery moment? Because if you could get just 10, 15, 30 minutes of that in the morning and then you got to go to your regular crappy job, how different do you feel when you either finish that day and maybe find even more time Mm -hmm. or just in general are tired when you come home because we are tired at the end of the day. We feel less disappointed that we let it all go to somebody else. Ah, I love that. That's something new because some like mastery, I would usually leave it to the end of the day, like read at the end of the night. And sometimes you're just too tired that you don't have time to learn a new language or to do these things that you've wanted to do because of time. So if you put it in the beginning of your day, just 10, to 15 minutes, I can see how that makes an impact. So can I ask you, what are your three like actions that you do in your morning? Absolutely. So I I actually have so many. Okay. So what is your morning routine? (laughs) We'll say, we'll say my first movement. And I always say like, I'm not a morning workout person. So that's another example, right? Like you hear movement, you go, okay, Amy thinks I'm going to work out first thing in the morning. I don't (laughs) think so. No. I mean, it's, it's totally up to you. When do you work out at your best or when can you fit it in? Um, my first movement of the day is honestly skincare. It's just making Mm, sure that my face is awake enough to get me through the next moments. I do not think I'm going to be jumping out of bed, excited and wide awake. As soon as I open my eyes, I'm not. I'm not a morning person. So Mm -hmm. that's really first thing. And then I make my lemon water and kind of get the coffee going, but I do lemon water first. Mm -hmm. Um, I move into mindfulness after that. I really love morning pages. I'm a huge fan of that journaling practice. It's amazing how much crap I've written down that is really annoying to read back, which is why I don't, but it frees so much of my mind so that I can get into those next moments of my day. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I do for mindfulness before I move on is The Daily Stoic is my favorite book probably ever. It's by Mm -hmm. Ryan Holiday. And it's like a layman's terms 
like explanation of stoicism and it's just a page a day read. It's very approachable. And there's, it also, I think he has an app and an email, like you don't even have to read the book. It's so great. And it just makes me feel more even going into the dramas of the day and the things that are just going to come at us. So that's, um, uh, once a week I'll rewrite all my goals and, and just a couple of other mindfulness things. If I feel like I've got more time, I'll do that. Mastery. Mastery for me these days really looks like those creative moments I don't want to lose, right? What is that next great video idea? Can we start outlining it? Can I start researching mm-hmm. it a little bit? Or and maybe I'm going to write a micro blog post in the form of an Instagram caption. And those little micro blog posts end up being the inspiration for the photo shoot. I don't do them in reverse. I don't take Mm. photos and then come up with the caption. I want something interesting for people to care about so that the photo can attract attention to it. And so that kind of thing, it's it's that mastery moment of how can I be my most creative self? I just cleared my mind with the morning pages. I've got my mm-hmm. fresh lemon water. I'm probably drinking coffee at this point. How can I make sure I get the creative task done? Because I know checking email, checking yeah. Trello, taking the calls, doing all the other things I've got to do, even setting up the lights and the camera, just take it out of me. That creativity, those creative moments, you've got to hang on to those wherever mm. you can get them. So that's my biggest thing when I do mastery. Oh, I love that. And so how long does this entire routine generally take for you? So for the most part, and it's a little bit um, hacked up, but like my movement, just the skincare, like I said, like I, I tend to work out like late morning after a lot of this initial business stuff. But the little movement and my mindfulness I do in the morning takes less than these days it's been less than 45 minutes, maybe even 30 minutes. Just depends Mm on um, how quickly I wrote down those morning pages because sometimes it's a a slow three pages. Sometimes it's a fast one. But um, I'm I'm pretty much digging into my mastery after about uh, close to an hour within waking up. So I would say... Okay. And then how long do you spend on mastery? Because I imagine once you start planning and being creative, it can go on and on. So do you set a time limit or how does that work? So I only set a time limit on that based on what my batching schedule is. So for instance, there are Mm -hmm. certain days of the week, Mondays are coveted, absolutely coveted days. I don't want calls. I don't want meetings. I don't want all this stuff. I do check I check in with my team on Mondays, but not until 10 a.m. So I do allow mm-hmm. myself a lot of space to be able to sit down if it's, if I've started my little mastery moment and I'm on a roll coming up with a great ebook idea or a video idea, or what, I just want to be able yeah. to sit there and do that to the best of my ability. So I will yeah. time it. It just depends on what's happening in my world. Mondays, I'm going to have a lot more time than maybe Tuesdays or Wednesdays or Thursdays because Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays each have their own designated designated kind of task for each of those days. So it really just depends on where the state of the calendar is. And that's why it's so important to plan as much as I can. I want to know in advance what is the mastery moment I want to focus on because otherwise it's really defeating to sit down and go, oh, I need to come up with a really good creative idea right now. I don't want to put myself in that situation because I will waste that time. And mm-hmm. it's okay if if the creativity doesn't hit you, even if you did plan it, but I'm in a much better situation if I say, today I'm focusing on you know, a, a YouTube outline versus something else or, or a different, a PDF or, or whatever it is. Right. I try to at least set the intention in advance. Awesome. I, I love that. I, I think I want to start incorporating that af- right after journaling. That's when I plan videos because I usually schedule it a little bit later. And then once you start, you kind of have writer's block and 
I don't know. It doesn't flow as, as well. As the day progresses, I just lose control. It's and, true. And I think that there's a lot, even, even being somebody who basically gets to decide every move I make, mm-hmm. like I, I'm in that situation now. That is a blessed situation to be in. It's been taking a lot of time and hard work to get to that point. But I'm still so self-aware that like three o'clock, I am so like, You're put so me done. on a call, put me <laughs> on a podcast interview, like, yeah. but don't make me sit down and do something creative. Cause I'll be like, um, is it time for like wine and housewives yet? Or <laughs> like, where are we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or I find that sometimes I'll get random bursts of creativity at night, but it's, mm. I think everyone's different. You just have to know yourself and when totally. it works for you. Okay. So yeah. I have a couple questions from Instagram. Meenal asks, what is your productivity? method. Um, how do you stop wasting time and get more things done? So maybe you can talk about your, your batching. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Uh, Google calendar is my best friend. Basically. Uh, I do everything digital because everything really needs to be customizable. And I also have an amazing group of girls that help me with my work every day. So they need to be able to tell me where to be mm-hmm. and when to do it and all that kind of fun stuff. So digital calendar is the major thing. And Trello is where we keep track of a lot of projects. I know you're a fan of Trello as well. So, but the main Mm -hmm. thing for me is I need to be in one mode and try to stay in that mode. So, um, my favorite thing is to put makeup on like once a week, if possible. (laughs) I'm the same way. So it's like anything you guys need me to do in front of the camera, let's put it on Wednesday because that's Uh, about when I'm ready to do hair and makeup because I got to do it myself. I got to do all this stuff. So it's, it's batching things like that, you know, calls and meetings on Tuesdays or actually meet with my entire team Wednesday mornings as well, because I want to look presentable for them. And I want to make sure I'm showing up in a positive way as a leader for them. So good day to have makeup on. Um, Thursdays (laughs) are like podcasts and audio. So that's kind of like a, that's like a basically an intro time batching um, situation where that's pretty much what I'll do for that. And I'll take some random phone calls on Fridays. I try to cut it off around Friday afternoon. And Mm -hmm. Mondays, like I said, I really try to keep that as like a warm up to the week. And I want it to Mm -hmm. be just for me if I've got to do some accounting or just some little things like, oh man, meant to get to that over the weekend because I'm a workaholic. Like I got to do that (laughs) on Monday. Um, So there's that. But I'm also a huge believer in calendar blocking. And I really chunk out my time. So there's not just appointments on my calendar for appointments. There's appointments on my calendar for tasks. So not just filming a video, but even just sitting down to write something or sitting down to write a proposal or to work Mm -hmm. on a presentation for the Gatlu Society or anything that I've got to do. It's got to find space and time. Yes. Yes. I see. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I started doing that recently and it, it's helped so much because when you write things just on a to-do list, you don't you don't account for how much time it takes and it's just not realistic, right? <laughs> so the calendar Absolutely. helps so much. Yeah, and it's and I will say this too, because if you're super type A like me, I don't know if you could tell, um, it's also really easy to let calendar blocking get super crazy. And then Mm -hmm. you look at your calendar and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much, but it is still, no matter how you approach it, whether you've just got three things blocked on your calendar and there's lots of space in between them, or you're booked back to back because that's how you roll just being able to be more cognizant of how long things take and how much mm-hmm. we actually have is just a good life idea in general. Yeah, agree. I have another IG question. Rebecca asks, what are your tips on personal branding? Because you're so good at that. 
Wow. What a compliment. Um, (laughs) my thoughts on personal branding, I think, you know, it's really the cliche and I think they said Bezos said this, right? It's like, what do people say about you when you're not in the room? And I think Eileen, you're incredible at this too. When you come into a scenario that is lavender or you come into a scenario that is Amy Landino or Amy TV, you know what you're going to get because that there's a there is a presence that we have specifically put out there. It takes some time to figure out what that's like for you, but I think you do start from the beginning. What do you want people to feel like when they're with you? The biggest thing for me initially was especially from a video standpoint, how do I make this an enjoyable experience for them, but also make them feel like they're sitting in the room with me? And that was the biggest thing I wanted people to feel. Mm. And then from there, it expanded into other things like light and color. And it was like, okay, well now where are we going in this direction? You know, how do I want people to feel when they're sitting in in that room? Like what's that room like when they're sitting with me? And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of hard to put into words, but we often look at this and go, I like this color and I like logos and this. It's not that simple, especially from a personal branding standpoint, because actually the majority of what you're doing is putting your face out there. And I can sit here and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to smile all the, I'm not a super smiler. Like I just have like this kind of like funny look on my face all the time. And it just kind of is what it is. I do my very best, (laughs) but I like, I'm a little sarcastic. I was voted most sarcastic in high school. How are you going to fight that? Like, it just is what it is. This is my fun attitude. And if it's for you, then stick around. And if it's not, that's okay. I'm going to present my, my most positive way possible and my best tips, but I'm also not going to lie to you about who I am. And so all of these things end up coming together Mm -hmm. in this like basically this pot of what you're creating for your personal brand. And it just starts to come through. But I will say, don't feel like you have to get it right on the first try. I'm a great example as to how the the mm-hmm. uh, art of the pivot can really work. And even when people are like, oh my gosh, you changed so much what's going on. Don't listen. Because if it means you're continuing to become a truer version of you, it doesn't matter what you think your personal brand is the truest version of you is going to be the most successful version of your personal brand. Mm, I love that. Yeah, the truest version of you, that is your personal brand. And I love that you pay attention to how you want people to feel when they're watching your content. All right, Amy, now I have some rapid fire questions that I ask all of our guests at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay, (laughs) what does your dream life look like? Honestly, like it's, and I'm just gonna like, totally sidebar on you, which is horrible. I just lost my best friend in the entire (gasps) world, my 16 and a half year old Beagle. I'm so sorry. And that's, and it's okay because I just want to say that like, she was my guiding light when it came to what is the best life I could possibly live? Because all I wanted to do was be home with her and everything I've ever done, leave my full-time job, lean into how I felt, just do me be at home, feel cozy at home and share my thoughts with the world and just be with her. That was the best. It was the absolute best. And she taught me a lot in that time and I'll be able to continue to keep it up because she inspired me. But, um, yeah, that was, that was it to be honest with you. That was it. (laughs) Wow. Well, I hope that you do find that, that feeling again. She's still, she's still hanging on. She's with me. She's going to, she's going to make sure. Yeah. It's beautiful. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? 
Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. This Mm. is like the networking Bible. I highly recommend you pick up the most updated version though, because you don't want to read about Palm Pilots. But yes, it is a very, (laughs) we should not be afraid of networking. We should build relationships. And I just love his work. Love that. What is one habit that has changed your life? Definitely waking up earlier as a non-morning person. It has completely changed my life. It has taught me a lot about setting boundaries, not just with other people, but with, with for myself, really. Awesome. What is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Ask for help because I'm really mm. bad at that. Really bad. Mm. Always ask for help because yeah. some, even if it's you're asking for help in the form of advice somebody wrote in a book, it's okay to ask for help. And you're never too early to start asking for help just because you don't have a budget to hire somebody. Get creative. How can you offer value to someone else so that they can help you? Always ask for help. Love it. The last one is finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? Just coming into your own. Really, like, I don't, there's not a single day in my life I wish I could go back and change anything. And I think we've all been through things that we wish didn't happen. I genuinely feel like because of everything, that is who I am today and I wouldn't change it. Mm -hmm. So the best part of life is just continuing to come into your own and allowing all of that to pay off for you. Love that. And just the discovering of how everything led to where you are now, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. All right. Amy, where can we find you online? Super easy. YouTube.com slash Amy TV. And I highly recommend Eileen's interview on detail therapy if we didn't plug it 88,000 other times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely check that out. Thank you so much, Amy. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. All right, hope you enjoyed that talk with Amy Landino. Now I'm just going to wrap up with some quick takeaways from our conversation. So the first takeaway is how Amy really, really listens to her audience. That's how she decides on what content to make next. She inspired me to look deeper in the comments. I mean, I do read the comments, but she says that what you can do is you can even not even look at your own comments, but look at comments on other people's videos and see the questions that they're asking and consider the follow-up content that you can make to answer those people's questions because that is where the need is. So I think that's a really interesting strategy for any creators out there if you want to try picking that up. The next takeaway is Amy's morning routine system. So it's basically made up of three pillars, movement, mindfulness, and mastery. Movement being anything related to moving your body, mindfulness meaning taking care of your mind, and mastery meaning whatever you want to hone in and get better at. So that is something that is really actionable and really easy to implement and I'm excited to start implementing more of this into my own morning routine. The last takeaway is her productivity system. Amy batches her days and she stays in one mental function at a time. So for example, her Mondays are open for creativity and writing, and then she has days for meeting, days for shooting. I do the same thing too. I only want to put on makeup like once a week. So when I have makeup on, I want to shoot everything I can that day so that it just makes it easier for me. And also calendar blocking your tasks so that you know exactly how long it will take to do certain tasks. When we actually do that, task we end up feeling overwhelmed when it takes up more time than expected and then it bleeds into the next thing and the next thing and then you have to push everything back that is honestly my life on the daily to be honest but you know what one step at a time we are all a work in progress 
All right, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Lastly, I want to remind you to check out the 2021 Artist of Life workbook at the Lavender Shop if you haven't already. Plus, check out our daily planner, our pastel notebooks, everything else we got going on because I'm so proud of it. And it's perfect for the holiday season. So go to shop.lavender.com to check it out. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.